Hi, my name is Dana Coyas, and you're listening to a podcast put on by Roasted Pepper Studios, where we talk to photographers about their business. And this week, we're talking to Joel Harrison. So, Joel, what kind of photography do you do? Uh, primarily, I focus on uh, bridal and wedding photography. That's really what I like to do. Um, you know, this photography business, honestly, is not my full-time job. Um, it's something I do as a hobby for fun. And uh, I had so many people asking me to do it for them that I put up a professional website. And then uh, it just kind of turned into something that I used to really fund my photography. I do it to relax, and it's a great way to make some extra money. So I, it's, it's a unique situation that I'm in because I get to pick and choose my clients, and I get to pick and choose who I photograph and what I photograph. So I'll do family portraits as well, but I tend to specialize in focus on bridal and, and uh, wedding photography. Well, that's cool. You know, we're trying to get an idea of what it, the what it's like going from just taking it as a hobby to actually making money with photography. So, like, what was what was that like? How, how did you make your first dollar? Um, it really started out uh, with a friend of mine. Um, she was doing she was doing wedding photography at my church and needed some help uh, just as the second shooter. And she had several weddings booked for the year and contacted me and just asked if I'd be interested to help her photograph those. Uh, and, you know, I went out, looked at it, said, yeah, it'd be great. I'd love to do that. Uh, went on ahead and I just went out and I bought, um, you know, my first real kind of professional digital SLR. Um, I had a just kind of a basic consumer grade one, but I figured if I was going to do some weddings, I needed a little bit better grade equipment. So I went on ahead and uh, at the time I went out and bought, it was the D300 from Nikon. It's six years ago, still the same camera I shoot with today. Uh, and, uh, you know, I dropped about 1800 bucks on it. Um, I already had lenses from when I was in high school. Uh, on my film camera that was a Nikon. So that's why I went with Nikon, just because I already had some lenses for it. And, man, that's just I, that's how I got started. I, I helped her shoot a couple of weddings for fun. Uh, and actually, the funny thing was, the first wedding I was supposed to shoot with her, uh, she ended up having a – she went to emergency labor because she was pregnant and could not be at that wedding. So I ended up shooting it um, by myself, and I ended up hiring my brother. I have a twin brother um, who actually shoots all my weddings with me now. Uh, but uh, he and I went out to do that one together, and uh, I didn't even know who the bride was, quite literally, as I'm photographing, and there were all the, the bridal parties in the room, and I joked, and I was like, hey, who's getting married today? And I was literally meeting her for the very first time. It's my first wedding shoot. Uh, I had never really done it before, and, uh, you know, it was just kind of, you know, going from supposedly supposed to be a, a secondary shooter to, hey, by the way, you're going to be the principal uh, and you know you never even met the bride or the groom. It was a it was a lot of fun, and you know it was cool. We kind of my brother and I we we very much learned uh, you know the hard way how to make some mistakes. We you know we did a good job on the wedding. They were very pleased. Um, you know it was it was it was an interesting situation because you know they, we gave them the pictures, and you know I gave the pictures to the other photographer, and she just paid me to shoot it, and she was taking care of all of the edits and. And then I guess they were calling me. The, the client actually got my number and started trying to contact me about, uh, hey, can you do this or that? And I kind of had to point them back over. So, we, you know, we learned really quickly how to kind of manage some of those situations and set expectations properly up front. And I've never shot another wedding where I didn't know the bride uh, beforehand. <laughs> and that one certainly wasn't intentional. It was just, a, I mean, it was literally a day before the wedding it happened. And there was no, I mean, it was like I get a call at 9 o'clock and I'm shooting the wedding the next day. So. Uh, I was just like, okay, we can make this happen. And, it, you know, it worked out in the end. Got some great results. The bride and groom were happy. The family was happy. So, 
uh, you know, we, uh, we enjoyed it. It was a good start. How did, how did you get your second job? You know, that was your first one. You kind of fell like, like into it and it kind of came to you. Uh, was the second one word of mouth? Did you do marketing? How, how did you end up moving on from there? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, my second, uh, shoot, uh, was again, it was uh, one of the weddings with this friend of mine. Uh, and I shot a wedding with her and then I shot a third with her. Uh, and I just kind of, at that point I had developed a, a taste for it. And really, you know, I, I was using the money that she was paying me to be a second shooter but to pay off my, my D3 300. And my concept when I went into it was, um, you know, Hey, if I, if this doesn't really turn into anything or I don't really enjoy it, uh, I can do a couple of these weddings with her. Uh, and then I, I bought this really awesome camera You know, I've got three young children. Um, and you know, at the time I only had one. And so I was just saying, hey, you know, I'll at least have a great camera that I can photograph them with, take pictures of my family. It'll be cool. Uh, but again, it's just really, you know, I fell in love with wedding photography. I mean, to me, there's nothing better than, you know, seeing the bride and the groom, seeing that excitement on the wedding day and getting to share that time with them. I mean, uh, my brother and I are pretty personable people. And so we really, a lot of times we become friends with our clients. Uh, and in fact, most of our clients are people we already know. Um, you asked, how do I market? Uh, I really, honestly, I was stunned that you even found my website. I, I, I did just enough to give it exposure, but not enough to make it where it's easy to find. And so whenever somebody finds me online, I always get surprised uh, because I just have it out there really almost as a brochure. You know, it's not, I don't really want to, to make it primary right now. And so again, because I do it on the side, I don't want a lot of people calling me all the time because I refer a ton of work out because I don't have the time to do it right now. And so I'm always sending work to uh, several other friends who are photographers. But uh, so, again, primarily our business has been built off of word of mouth. And so it ended up happening that a friend of mine was getting married. Uh, he was in a group that I was at at church. And, you know, I just offered and said, hey, uh, you know, I know you're getting married. Uh, if you want, I will photograph your wedding for you. Uh, I really enjoy doing it. Here's some of my work. And, uh, you know, and, I, and what I did is I told him and his wife, or I guess his fiance at the time, I said, hey, let's just do an engagement session. Uh, you know, we'll go out, we'll take a couple of pictures. And if you guys enjoy that experience and you like the pictures I've taken, then I can photograph your wedding. And uh, they, they were keen on that idea. We went out to a local park, you know, snapped a couple of shots. They loved the, the photos and booked me for the wedding. And honestly, that's a tactic that I still use today. Uh, to get clients, especially when you're, you know, because there's just so many photographers out there. I mean, the market's really saturated. And again, because I'm, I don't have to make money at this to pay my, my bills. It's really just, again, a side income that, you know, I used to take family trips or I'll use it to, to pay off gear, or buy new gear. Um, you know, I really try to, to pick and choose who I work with very, very carefully. And so I've, again, I've turned clients away all the time, even when I've got an open date. I, you know, I just tell them outright, you know, I just don't think that I'm the right photographer for them. And I have several that I refer to and I say, you know, based on your personality, what I think you guys are really looking for in meeting, I would recommend this photographer right over here. Please call them, let them know. I think they'll take great care of you. And it's, it's just worked wonderfully well for us. You, you know, you mentioned time commitments and, and, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to, to discover is, is how people balance their family life with, like the time for your day job and then photography on the weekends, right? Like, how how do you do that? How do you balance that? Man, that is a that's like the million dollar question. How do you balance uh, your time? <laughs> I mean, the honest truth is like it's crazy when you stop and think about it. Yeah, it, 
it doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter where you are in life, whether you're the poorest person or the richest person. We've all got the exact same 24 hours a day and mm-hmm. seven days of the week. That's it. And so, you know, how you manage that time and how you prioritize it really, you know, makes you successful or not. And, you know, for me, again, because I have to, I don't have to build my the, the photography business to any level. It's just, again, something that I deliberately try to keep small. It's, the time management for me is honestly pretty easy. Uh, and, and again, if you're, if you're a photographer and you're really trying to break in and start that, I could see where that would be a very, very big challenge. And I've, I've had a lot of friends that have gone into photography and tried to start their own businesses. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest caveats that a lot of them have is they don't really stop to consider the business side of it. You know, they, they think, okay, well, I'm going to go out, I'm going to take a couple of pictures and it's going to be awesome. I'm going to make all this money and people are going to love my work and I'm going to get to do something that I love every day. They don't stop to think about uh, that there's, you know, there's billing and invoicing involved where you actually have to invoice the client and make sure that you get that check. What happens if the check bounces? Because that, that does happen. You've got to contact the client back and, hey, your check bounced. Uh, I need another check. And you've got to figure out how to navigate some sensitive situations like that. There are times what happens if the client doesn't like the work or, you know, they're under a sensitive deadline. I mean, there's all sorts of factors that people don't really stop to think about, and there's contracts that you have to design. So, you know, again, I may not be answering the question very well here, but um, as far as managing time, I think when you're getting into photography and you're really going from saying, okay, I'm going to be a hobbyist or an amateur photographer to, hey, I want to be a semi-professional or professional where I'm getting paid now uh, to do photography, I think a lot of people just jump into that without stopping and thinking. And I think it really hurts them because, again, it's really watered down. The the talent pool is not the right word because there's some insanely gifted amateurs out there. I mean, just the digital age is awesome, man, because it's like anybody can pick up. I mean, geez, you can pick up a phone and take pictures with a phone that just look amazing. I mean, five years ago, the iPhone 5 now can take photographs that five years ago some digital cameras weren't capable of taking. It's just incredible how far the technology's come. But I think with that, you know, you, you hear every photographer that you talk to, and you've probably already heard a few. I know I've listened to some of your other podcasts. It's the same way. They're all saying the same thing. Well, my aunt or my uncle can do it for 300 bucks. Will you match that price? Uh, and, and it's a real challenge. So uh, to, to kind of get all of that going. And so I think, you know, I, the, the way I do it, um, and again, I'm, man, I'm, it's like a squirrel. It's like that whole up movie squirrel. Um, I'm flying all over the place. But. <laughs> For me and how I manage my time, I'm very careful and I'm very tactical, again, about who I work with. Uh, and I try to not, I don't shoot more than one wedding a month. Um, I've had a lot of times where I've had people, um, I mean, I've literally had clients begging to have me photograph their wedding because they really wanted me to do it. And I'd already, I already had prior commitments. And I just know the amount of time. It usually takes me about a minimum of 20 hours per wedding uh, to get everything I need to get done and service that client, sometimes as much as 30 hours. Because uh, there's all the, the prep work. You've got to meet the, the, the bride and groom. You've got to talk to them. You've got to get your shot list together. you got to make sure, okay, please give me your family. you got to review that. You're trying to remember people's names before the wedding, so you're servicing them when you're there. Um, then you're at the day of the wedding. Usually most weddings are six to eight hours minimum. Um, sometimes they can go longer than that. Uh, you come home, then you're dropping all your images. You're actually backing your images up, and you're making sure those are good. Then you've got to edit the images, sort them, because there's all this work that, that people don't really stop to consider. And so, you know, for me, it's just I have to I, – I, I've run several businesses, and so I just understand time management 
from that perspective. So I'm very, very careful about how many shoots I do because I'm trying to keep it small. So you, you mentioned that you had some businesses uh, before this one. Was there anything that you learned from those businesses that have helped you in this photography one? Um, yeah, that's an excellent question. So yeah, I've, I've pulled a lot of experience from uh, my other businesses and what I do for a living. I'm actually in, um, I have an IT, like information technology, so I'm basically the, the nerd. So when there's something wrong with your computer, uh, I was the guy that they would call. Um, but I started, the weird thing with my career is I started out in web design and graphic design, and then I kind of graduated more into a networking guy. Then I started doing programming and software development. Uh, and then I migrated into uh, marketing and advertising. So I've got a really diverse background. Um, and it, it, what's interesting is, is it's really helped me with the photography side of things because I've worked in so many facets, not only in, in like I have a web design company that I started and I've really I set that down. It, you know, web design was the same thing for me. It was a way to make extra money and I really enjoyed doing it for a time. And it's just at a point where now I don't, I really, I like web design, but I only like doing it for like, you know, corporate clients that I'm consulting with. And right now I'm, I'm working a full-time job for a client that I'm actually a permanent employee of. And I just love my job. And so for, from that standpoint, you know, yeah, I've been able to look at that run businesses, uh, like the web design business. And I just learned, you know, uh, for instance, with that, um, I used to go after any website I could. So when somebody would call me up and they would say, hey, we need a uh, an e-commerce site, uh, just a simple one. We've only selling this, these two products, and we need it uh, built. We want five pages, a contact form. Uh, but this guy over here said you can do it for 300 bucks. We really want to use you. If you can match this $300 price, we'll go with you. Well, normally I might have charged $1,000 back then or 1200 2000 depending on what they were asking for. But I started out because I was so hungry for the work. I would literally do anything for any price just because I wanted to get the work. And I would be staying up until two or three in the morning trying to develop this side business for myself so that I could, you know, focus and because I really wanted to do it on my own uh, and not, you know, everybody says they don't want to go work for the man. And I kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit as well. I was like, man, if I can do this on my own, it would be great. But I think most people undervalue their skill sets and they undervalue what they're bringing to the table. And so I was killing myself doing like 10, 20, 30 of these websites a month trying to just get all the bottom feeders. And I finally just realized that I was working so hard. And I had a friend of mine who was mentoring me, asked him, hey, I'm working so hard. I don't feel like I can get ahead. I don't know what's going wrong. And he said, man, you need to raise your prices, like multiply them by 10 and that'll be about right. And I just told him, I said, dude, if I do that, I'm going to lose all my business. And he just told me to do it. I went home, prayed about it, decided it was a good idea. So and at the beginning, I wasn't brave enough to raise them 10 times. So what I did is I said, hey, I'm not going to touch your website for less than 1200 bucks. And so I, I multiplied it by four. But what I realized really quickly was by doing that, I was working less. The quality of the work that I was doing was actually better. Um, and I was actually making more money even though I was doing less work. And so for, for with photography, it's the same way. I have people all the time uh, that want to call me up and, you know, they love my work. They really want me to photograph them, but they're always looking for a better price. You know, they, they found somebody online that'll do it for 500 or I found this person that'll do it for 800 and they give me a free photo book. Can you do that? Uh, or they say, Hey, we don't really, you know, I shoot with every wedding I shoot. I, my brother comes along. I pay him a, a very generous second uh, shooter fee. I do that because we get better work. It's more consistent and the client's always happy. Uh, and I've just learned that's how we like to shoot and it keeps the wedding stress free for me. So 
again, because I don't have to worry about this being my income primarily, uh, I can just tell him, hey, I'm sorry, I don't, I can't, you know, cut my second shooter out, save you any money. I mean, if he wants to stay home, he can, but I'm still going to bill you the same rate. Uh, and it's just for me, it's, it's allowed me to, to realize that I don't have to chase every client. Um, and again, it's easier for me to say that than maybe somebody that's starting out. And uh, again, every situation is different. But I do think that, you know, when you're first starting out in photography, it's good to get hungry and do a wedding for maybe cheaper, you know, for a wedding photographer, for a portrait session, for a family photographer, say, hey, I'm building my portfolio. I'm giving you a good price. And there's an exchange, but after you do maybe four or five or 10 of those, and you've really built your portfolio up, uh, it's time to really raise your prices and start charging what other photographers in the area are charging and don't back off of them because when you do, uh, that's when you get into trouble. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard that before. And I think a lot of it comes down to confidence in, in yourself and your abilities. And, and I guess the, the product at the end of the day that you end up delivering for the, for the client and, and then charging something that's, you know, comparable to what's being sold on the market, you know, not, not every photographer is doing a wedding for $500. You know, most of them are a lot more than that. And, and I think, yeah, most of them are a lot more. And I mean, we've, we've really researched ours and we've tried to find a good, I mean, we are the concept like behind our photography is that, Hey, we want to provide a professional service with really good work. You know, we're not the best, you know, we're not a top 10, you know, like a Cliff Moore or a Jasmine Star, you know, one of the top 10 photographers in the U.S. I mean, I'm not on that level. Uh, you know, we always aspire to be that. We're always chasing, you know, to get better with every wedding and every wedding we do get better. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, we want to provide something at a really affordable cost um, so that we can bless the people who were there. Our concept is we're there to serve the bride and the groom. And so we constantly are there to just make them feel good. I mean, we've, we've had, you know, brides that were literally having panic attacks before the wedding because, you know, it's a stressful thing for them. And we've, we've actually had the ability to just pray over them really quickly, help them calm down and just enjoy the day. And it's just, it's a really weird, unique thing when you stop and think about the fact that somebody's finding you on a website, they look at a couple of pictures you take of other people and then they're like, Hey, that looks cool. Why don't you come in and, and take pictures of me on a day that I'm never going to forget? And I'm only hopefully doing this once. And I mean, it's just, it's an, it's a really crazy concept when you actually stop and think about what somebody's asking you to do. And so, you know, stopping and taking that seriously and charging a, a good rate for it, I think is, is what's critical. Um, you know, because again, then you, you respect the work, the client ends up respecting the work and everybody ends up being happy is what I found. So before you began shooting weddings, you know, what did you think the wedding photography would be like before you even started? And then, you know, what, what was it actually, what did it turn out being? Or what was it really yeah, like? No, man, that's another great question, man. You got a lot of them, dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think, you know, for me, I didn't really have a huge concept. I mean, when I first got the when I got into photography, it was by a complete, complete mistake. I mean, I signed up for newspaper in high school. I had zero interest in photography. And the person who was doing newspaper, I guess the teacher, her name was Mrs. Rose, and she was also teaching photography. And they put me, the counselor just made a mistake and said, okay, photography, newspaper is the same class. So she threw me in photography. And I came up to her at the very beginning of class and said, hey, I'm in the wrong class. Uh, I'm supposed to be in second period, apparently. That's newspaper. And she's like, hey, sit in the back. I'll take care of you after the class. I'm like, okay, no problem. I sat in the back, listened to her talk about photography. And the next thing I know, I'm like, 
dude, I don't want to leave this class. This sounds awesome. So being the overachieving nerd that I was, I, you know, walked up and was like, Hey, can I just do both? Can I just take this one class, but do newspaper and photography? I'll stay after school, but I really want to do this. And she said, yeah. And you know, my first year I ended up becoming the photo editor. Um, I started freelancing for local papers. I was offered a, a job at the four star telegram. And I primarily, all I did was sports photography. That's what I love to do. In fact, I hated, I absolutely hated portrait photography. It was really interesting. I couldn't stand taking pictures of people, but I loved taking pictures of sports. And uh, it ended up again when I had kids and I got my first digital SLR. It was a, a rinky dink D70. And we was just shooting pictures of my daughter. And I suddenly started really becoming fascinated with people. And then, I, you know, I go out and I take pictures. I had no concept of what a wedding was going to be like. I just thought, I had photographed one wedding before that, and it was of my best friend's sister in high school. Uh, I shot that one on film, and I don't think I've ever been more sick or more stressed out about anything in my entire life. Like, I'm sending these, like, you know, the original film off to the lab because it was color, because they wanted the color, and I always shot black and white and developed my own film. Well, here I am handing this off, and I'm, like, telling the guy at the lab, dude, if you screw this up, I will literally jump across this counter and kill you, man. I mean, this is my life. Don't <laughs> screw this up. I got paid 200 bucks. I gave them the film. They came back. Prince came back. They loved the work. And I was like, I am never doing that again. I'm never going to shoot another wedding. Uh, it's, forget that. And I've learned, you know, in life, you don't ever say, I'll never do that. Because generally speaking, if you say, I'll never, you almost always do whatever you're never going to do again. And, uh, you know, now it's interesting that, you know, wedding photography is something that I love. And again, it, I had no concept of what it was going to be like. I just, uh, I, I kind of went into it. And now I, I shoot it. It's a system. I and mean, we go in and I have a whole... Uh, you know, I, I've done enough weddings now. I've done about 30, 35 weddings, I guess. Uh, and I, I know exactly what to do. I mean, we have all the questions that we ask preliminary, and we have a we have a schedule, a shooting schedule that we write down for the formals. And for us, it's it's very, very simple. And we just set, we tell the bride and groom, hey, this is our plan. We can deviate from it, but this is what we're going to try to stay to. And if we change it, no worries. But this is what this is our, our guideline. And by doing that, it's made everything really, really easy. Now, I can tell you the first five or six weddings I shot, I did not do that. And they were way more stressful because you're kind of taking pictures and you have no idea if you're capturing what you were supposed to capture. Now, again, because I got these shot lists and I've got this guide to go by, um, it, it really just, honestly, shooting weddings is a breeze. It's really simple. I don't know why people stress out about it, but it's because I guess we've developed a system and it's just easy. So. So what do you plan to do next? You know, is it more than wedding photography? You know, where do you want to take this? Man, that's another great question. I guess, yeah, for me, it's primarily, uh, you know, wedding photography is really what I like. Um, and again, I just really want to do mostly bridals. I've really, uh, my favorite uh, type of photography to do is um, uh, bridal pictorials after the wedding. Because you don't, the, the bride at that point, a lot of times, the, the common term for it now is, is uh, trash the dress. Um, and you know, it's taken out like my wife's sister, when she got married, we went out to Grapevine Lake. Uh, it was myself, her husband and I, and we went out there and we photographed her all along the lake. We even, she even walked out into the lake in a bridal dress. And it's just, it's just striking and stunning when you see this beautiful, elegant woman, uh, in this just amazing gown. Uh, you got this bright blue sky going on and then, you know, you, you you look at the juxtaposition of, you know, what's going on in the background. Like she's laying on this, you know, beach at Grapevine Lake. It's just, you, you wouldn't see that ever. And it's just so unique and so incredible. So for me, I think 
I'll probably just keep doing weddings and bridals as long as I can be shooting. Um, you know, one thing I definitely would like to do, uh, you know, I've, I've toyed with and I've been praying about is going up and working at uh, some local hospitals and photographing uh, children who are sick, uh, just because I've had um, several experiences. Both my daughters have had um, several stays. They've got, I have two daughters with epilepsy and they're on medications and they've had several stays in the hospital. Uh, been down to the ICU twice, thought I was going to lose my oldest two different times with it. And so, you know, we've really seen some pretty tough stuff there. And uh, But at the same time, you see the resilience of the parents, you see the resilience of the children that are there. And so for me, there's a, I really have a desire to go out and try to photograph um, children who are either terminally ill or who are really battling a serious illness to try to photograph them as they're not not just moving through that illness, but actually moving through it and coming out the other side. Sometimes they don't come out the other side, but I want I really want to be able to give a record to somebody and just hand it to them and say, here, because, you know, I, we even shot a wedding one time, and uh, this was just a few years ago. It was actually my favorite wedding I've ever shot. It was up at a vineyard in um, Virginia. It was my stepbrother. Uh, he was marrying his longtime girlfriend phenomenal couple some of the best people i've ever met in my life we photographed their wedding it was one of the best experiences i've ever had uh and just came back from that experience and you know you're just high on life and everything's great well then a year later um dan was hit and killed by a drunk driver and he's gone and you know those images that we took of him are you know it just i was just bawling when i found out he died uh you know praying you know going through all the emotions that people go through when somebody dies like that and I was just started thanking God for the fact that I was there and was actually able to document and take these pictures. And people were posting all the a lot of the wedding shots because that was the last time they had seen him. And so all of a sudden, all these wedding shots are all over Facebook and all over these social media. And so for me, it's it, it, you're capturing a moment in time and capturing a moment in somebody's life that you never know when it's going to end. And so that's really what I want to do is just whatever it is, I guess I'm going to continue photographing people because that's, I'm just fascinated by people and the human spirit and, you know, people who have different beliefs and watching them walk through life and trials and victories and all that kind of stuff. And just, again, walking with them and being able to talk to them about what they're going through and, and kind of capture that on, on a piece of paper or a computer screen and being able to hold that single moment in time is just incredible. So, you know, I, I think that, Almost everyone who takes a picture, whether it's with their DSLR or with their iPhone, uh, I think everyone's kind of keyed into the exact same thing that, you know, you're capturing a moment and uh, and every one of those moments is fleeting, you know, of course. But I think that it's uh, a cool thing to be able to give back when you find something that you're good at and to be able to... Uh, go and, and help people out and, and give back to the community or give back to others or pay it forward or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and I think that if, yeah. you, if you can find yourself in a place where, where you can take some time to do that, you know, whether you have only minutes to do it or if you can, you know, devote days to be able to do that, I think that's a, a really noble thing. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I'm trying to do is, is help give, people who are going through trying to start their own business or have a better understanding of, of the business behind photography. So that way they can, uh, they can give that a go. Uh, and hopefully they don't, they don't forget, they don't forget that part of it, you know, because like you said, your time can disappear really fast when you're trying to do everything from accounting to marketing. And, uh, and it's good to make sure that you prioritize at the beginning. 
Am I am I getting a little preachy? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get preachy. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, you're doing great, man. I was like, we need to pass you the offering plate, bro. It's all yeah. good. So. But I mean, yeah, you're hitting it on the head. I mean, it's kind of like you, you got to stop and just kind of. I mean, it's, it's it's that classic phrase, you know, stop and smell the roses. And for me, that's honestly that's the biggest reason I have not taken. Uh, my photography full time because uh, I've had so many of my friends and a lot of my clients even like because I'm very upfront you know with with the people that I meet I'm like hey I tell them right away this is not something that I do full time uh, you know this is a part time gig for me it's a part time gig for my brother who's my primary second shooter so if you see him he's gonna look a lot like me uh, I'm a little bit better looking so don't worry about that you know we always try to joke he's anyway being twins you got that massive competitive spirit but. I do, man. I tell them flat out that I, this is not what I do for a living. Uh, I do this for fun, and this is how I relax. Um, and I do charge for it, and the reason I charge for it is because I have a family sitting at home. I've got a beautiful wife and three amazing children who I love to be around, and if I'm going to take time away from them doing something to serve you, uh, I only think it's fair that you would compensate me for that time and the talent that I have. Well, why don't, and, uh, why don't you do it full-time? But for me, I've the biggest thing for me with the full time thing, um, you know, it's, it's, I have, and I really struggled in it with the, uh, you know, um, in my business, I used to never be able to turn my mind off. And one of the things I've really specialized in over the last probably six or seven years has been going into businesses and helping them increase their businesses by putting in new software systems, new marketing techniques. Um, and, and honestly, I've been really surprised at how successful I've been at it, but uh, it, it, it kind of comes at a price because I've never been in my mind, just never stops working. And I mean, I'll literally, when I was, especially when I was programming software systems full time, uh, I would come home and I, I, you know, I'd work a, a 10 or 11 hour day in front of a computer programming. I'd come home and I'd be trying to sleep at night and I'd be waking up at two or three in the morning dreaming of code. And I would literally solve, I had a pen and paper by my desk or sorry, my, my bed stand at, at, at the house. And I would just be writing furiously like in the middle of the night because I woke up and I had solved the problem and I was writing it down so I could, you know, start at 7.30 the next morning. I could get up and start coding again. And, you know, when you're living like that constantly, you know, it just hits a point where, you know, I just didn't feel like I could breathe. And I was very stressed out. I started going through some serious uh, health issues. Um, in fact, just two years ago, I almost ended up dying from a, a massive blood clot that had formed in my arm. And that had nothing to do with the stress, but the stress was added do that and uh you know it was kind of like photography has only has really been the only thing that i've ever been able to go to and completely disconnect it just it doesn't matter what's going on in my life for uh you know i mean i had one of my daughters when she was in the hospital and she'd been there in the epilepsy ward it was a it ended up being a nine-day stay and they couldn't couldn't stop the seizures and they couldn't figure out what to do and they're telling us she, she had brain damage I and mean, it was a really bad situation uh, just very desperate for my wife and I, and I had agreed to film a friend's wedding uh, that, that weekend that she was in the hospital. And at the time, they were being very gracious. They're like, "Look, we know we we can find someone else to do this." And you know, my wife and I talked about it. She's like, "I think you need this just to disconnect and to to forget about Catherine for a little bit and just go take care of and serve that couple." And so for me, uh, you know, I did. I actually decided, okay, I'm going to do this and. The whole time I'm shooting a wedding, you know, it was such an emotional time, but I was it actually decompressed me. And so the thought of taking it full time, and you hear the stories all the time, because like, I have a lot, again, I have a lot of friends that do this for full time, um, and, and they're phenomenal. They're all just insanely gifted. 
and there's there's always more than enough work to go around. Uh, you know, a lot of people get scared about going into photography because they don't think there's enough. Trust me, there's enough for it. There really is. So that's never a concern. But for me, it's just I don't ever want to have to you know go have to photograph that bride's wheel. I've only had one bride that was kind of a little negative. I mean, she 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 kind of walked out pretty much full naked in, in the in the middle of this hallway. They were asking us to. Uh, you know, there's the, her, her friend was sitting in there and she's like, Hey, is there any guys out there? And, you know, and I, I immediately said, yes. Well, her friend's like, no, there's nobody, no guys out here. And she just walked right out and she's like practically naked. She's trying to put on her dress in the back room. I'm like, Holy crap. And I'm looking down at the ground, like, what are you doing? And she's laughing. She's like, what? And I said, I'm right here. I was like, I said, I was here. Why are you walking out? And she's like, it's no big deal. You're just a photographer. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm still a guy. I'm still a guy, you know, and I'm, like, freaking out, you know. And so I've only had a couple of experiences like that, and that's not even a bad one, you know. That's actually one most people laugh at. Um, so for me, I don't want to take it full time because then you, you end up, when your family's life is on the line and you've got to pay for, you know, the house, the cars, the electric bill, you can't say no to the client that you know you're not a good fit for, you know you can't service, and, and it's just going to end up being a paycheck. Um, I never want to turn photography into a paycheck. I always want it to be an experience where I'm, you know, really as I'm taking the picture, one of the things I try to do is I'm praying and asking God, you know, Lord, show me this person as you see them. Show me what you've put into them. Let me capture that. And that's what I'm trying to share with them is how God sees them. And so for me, I don't ever want to take that and turn it into a money-making thing. It's just I'm blessed that I can make money to support it, but I don't ever want to make it a primary living. So I don't know if that really answered it, but that's that's my reasoning behind it. Well, yeah, it, and there are some people who are trying to figure out how they go from from their part-time photography gig and turning it into full-time. And there's a lot of people who try to do that with little to no experience, and there's some that, that have had all of the, the time and experience in the world, but a lot of people struggle with, with that transition. Uh, some... It sounds like yeah. that's not one that you're concerned with with making. But would you have any advice, given your experience, for someone who might be looking into that? Yeah, no, I think, and honestly, I've even helped um, a lot of people start photography businesses, or you know, because again, I've got such a diverse business background. I have a lot of people always coming to me and asking for advice on a lot of things uh, related to again different businesses, photography being one of them. And, you know, one of the things I definitely have told people, when you really start to build that momentum, and one of the things is you have to give yourself time, um, is what I always tell them. So I'm like, don't go out and go to, you know, a camera store and think you can drop down, you know, like, okay, I'm going to invest 3000 or $5,000, um, and I'm going to buy all this gear, and then uh, I'm going to shoot 12 weddings my first season, and then I'm going to shoot 20 the next. And then I'm gonna... it, it generally doesn't work that way. I mean, you've got to build your client list. Um, generally it starts out kind of slow, uh, but if you do it right, the crazy thing is it's like a snowball. When you first roll it down a hill, it starts out really small, but it builds up really, really quick. And so one of the mistakes I watch photographers make all the time when they're first starting out and they start getting paying gigs is they go out and they try to invest in really expensive camera gear right away because they think, okay, I have to, I have to get really good professional gear because if I'm going to do professional photography, then I have to buy that. And it's a common business mistake across the board. And what ends up happening is your overhead climbs way up and then you start trying to chase your overhead with your revenue and you're not really making any profits. So at the end of the day, you're not making any money. And so what I always tell 
photographers who are first starting out and they're again they're amateurs and they're really trying to cross over uh, is don't rush out and buy new gear. You know, learn the camera that you have and just focus on the camera you have. I mean, I I have um, a set of basically three lenses that I shoot with on a consistent basis. A, a, a one wide angle lens. Uh, that's a three, five, the five, six. Uh, it's my workhorse. It's what I shoot almost every single wedding with. I have a 50 millimeter 1.8, and I've got a 200 2.8. That's it. Uh, so you don't need to go out and buy all this crazy stuff. It just doesn't. And again, people like they think, okay, I've got to buy the top camera, and they, you know, Canon might come out with a new model, and everybody immediately gets fascinated with that, and they think, oh, I have to sell all my gear and switch over to Canon now. And so they're constantly flip-flopping back and forth, chasing technology. And technology doesn't make the picture. It, it, nobody's going to look down at the, the, the photograph on the pixel level that we're at as photographers and going, my God, look at that camera noise. It doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're looking at the emotion that you captured. They're looking at, you know, the, the lighting um, and, and all that kind of stuff. And if the image is just flat out pleasing. You know, sometimes some of the images that I'm stunned at that my clients like the best you know, the lighting isn't perfect and it's not even in focus. And yet they're like, oh my God, that's a, that's my favorite photograph I've ever seen of my dad or, you know, whoever. And I'm just sitting there going, that photograph looks like crap. But to them, it connected with an emotion and it, it it's like their best, the one photograph they want to take to their grace. So, you know, for me, I've just, and, you know, it's funny, again, I'm still shooting the same camera I bought when I first started out at winning, but I haven't upgraded it yet. I'm finally at the point where I'm like, okay, I'd like to upgrade. But it's not because, um, you know, I'm wanting new gear just for new gear's sake. The only reason I'm wanting to buy it is because I'm realizing this camera is starting to hit the end of its life. And if I don't buy it, the worst thing for me would be to be out on a wedding and have my camera fail, and then I can't finish the wedding. So that's the only reason I'm looking at upgrading. So that's that's the big thing is don't just start out and rush into it. And then again, like I had touched on earlier, you know, really set your prices and don't be afraid to stick to your guns. So you're not going to get every client, and it's okay to you know, not worry about um, people who, who don't want to choose you. That's fine because as you build your clientele, what you'll find is when you go out and you shoot that one wedding uh, for 3000 it might be your first one you shoot for 3000 or then you up it to 5000 you find the $5,000 price point for a wedding is your sweet spot. Don't back off of it because what happens when you start servicing those clients at that $5,000 sweet spot, you feel better about it. They feel better about it. They're going to tell their friends, and before you know it, all these people who are willing to spend $5,000 on a wedding, you're coming to you and they're knocking on your door asking you to photograph that wedding. If you start backing off and filming weddings at $1,000 or $300 or $500 or $2,000, whatever that price point is, those are the types of people that are going to continually come to you. you, you basically, you, the referral base you have is the type of customer that you shoot. So if you want to shoot upscale weddings, chase the upscale clients and, and, and go after them. But if you Again, it's, it's about being specific, I guess. So, and those are, I mean, man, I could go on about that forever because it's really, again, that's just, those are simple business tactics. And I think from what I've seen, a lot of photographers are very, very creative people, um, myself included. That's like my creative outlet. But what happens is, is we tend to forget. We, we focus so much on the creative side of our brain. We, we kind of stop thinking about the logical side. And photography is about, honestly, it's maybe about 20 to 30% creative but it's really you know 70 percent logical it's, it's really about running your business and the business running has you're, you're spending the majority of your time 80 percent of your time is spent um not at, not out shooting but it's actually spent in the studio or in your office you know running the numbers running the business meeting with clients 
booking gigs. I mean, that's that's really where you're going to spend the majority of your time. What's the best advice that you've received? Man, the best advice I think I've ever been given is to just be conscious of light when you go out and shoot. Um, you know, photography is all about capturing light. And so, you know, for me, it was not just understanding the technical aspects of aperture and film ISO. Um, I mean, I'm really, honestly, I've been blown away and stunned at how many photographers, their professionals, that leave their cameras set on an automatic mode like aperture priority or um, shutter priority, and they don't know how to shoot manually. And, you know, they joke and say, well, I'm shooting a wedding, the lighting's changing constantly, and so I'll just do bracketing on it, and I'll get the shot. It, it, you know, you really, for me, it's, it's being conscious of how that light's going. And, like, one of my favorite um, examples that when I first, uh, and I'm trying to remember which photographer, I was watching a photographer's uh, blog, and, and she was doing a video post. I want to say it was Jasmine Starr. Um, based out of California, just a phenomenal photographer. And I go and I look at other photographers' work all the time uh, to, number one, get inspiration. Uh, I think that's something you have to do is go out, figure out how they're shooting, what what do they do with light, how do they pose up right, what, you know, all, all those things. Feel a couple of ideas, change them up, make them your own, maybe sometimes copy them directly. It's not, it's not a crime to do that. But I remember her saying that um, in, in that, just, you know, watch the light, you know, when you're out on a location really look to see how the light's playing off of the, the person and what they're doing and so i remember the first wedding i was shooting a wedding up in michigan um and i'm walking across and i was going to set up i was just trying to move a bride across the stage it's all i was doing i was just trying to get her to say i was like hey please come over here randy i want to i want to take a photograph of you right here and as she's walking across i just noticed there was a spotlight that they had left on in the church and it hit her just so and it backlit her hair i had this beautiful rim light on her and she was just kind of holding her bikini. Everything was awesome. And I, just, I literally screamed at her. I was like, stop. And she's like, and it almost freaked her out. She turned around. She's like, what's going on? And I said, just just look that way like you're walking, but don't move. Just stay right there. And I took two photographs of her. Uh, and and it was it was just insane. I mean, in the light, it was so beautiful. And I came back and she was like, what are you doing? I said, here, just look at that for a second. And I showed her on the back of my screen. And she, she just started freaking out. She's like, and I took her breath away. She's like, oh, my God. She's like, how did you know? And I was like, I, did, I was just watching you walk across. I saw the light hit you. So from that moment, uh, I've really taken that very seriously. I try to just watch um, how I'm posing. A lot of times we're so concerned with the background or we're concerned about, you know, okay, how, how's dad holding his hands or this or that, that we kind of forget to watch what the light's doing on our subject faces. And if you pay attention to the light first, and then you just talk to your clients as you're photographing them, uh, and really encourage them, hey, you guys look great, hey, you move your hands a little bit, or, you know, you, you tell a stupid joke, or you, you ask somebody their favorite, I mean, anything to get them a little looser, because nobody, honestly, if you really are honest with people, nobody likes to have a camera shoved in their face and people clicking buttons, especially if that person's quiet, that'll drive people crazy. So that's my second best advice, is talk to your clients as you're photographing them. But um, at any rate, if you focus on the light and then just kind of talk to them naturally, everything takes care of itself. I mean, the, the pictures will always look better than if you just, you know, stand them. You can have the perfect pose and perfect everything else, but if you didn't position them in the light correctly, the, the photograph's not going to have the same emotional impact. It just won't. That's some good sound advice. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, they can learn, I guess, uh, you know, go to our website. Um, it's just JSH photography it's my initials joel samuel harrison um so jshphotography.com uh it's got a link to my facebook page which i literally have not touched at all it's pretty sad 
Um, you know, again, being a guy that knows about marketing and knows how to use social media and that kind of stuff to help other people grow. Uh, I started it just because people kept asking, hey, do you have a Facebook page? And now it's like I almost should kill it because I don't do anything with it. But the photography page at least gives you, you know, a look at some of what we've done. And it's got a phone number on there if you want to get in touch with us. Again, I, I help other photographers all the time and certainly don't mind answering questions here and there. you just got to be patient with me because I get pretty busy. So uh, it may take me a day or two to respond. Well, Joel, thanks for, thanks for chatting with us today. Absolutely, man. I appreciate your time, bro. And for those listening at home, you can find this podcast at roastedpepperstudios.com. Thanks for listening.